You are listening to the You Are Techie podcast, episode number 60. Welcome to the You Are Techie podcast, where it's all about growing in your techiness so you can find the tech job of your dreams. And now your host, technology learning coach, Ellen Toomey. This episode is sponsored by our very limited time and free training, three strategies to jumpstart your junior developer career, specifically designed for moms. In this free training, I'll cover the strategies necessary to become a junior full stack developer, including the exact skills employers are looking for. You'll learn how to maximize your income with portfolio ready skills that hiring managers are seeking. Not to mention the steps to skip so you don't find yourself down that endless tech learning rabbit hole. Join me live for the three strategies to jumpstart your junior developer portfolio. Sign up at youartechie.com slash dev. That's Y-O-U-A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y dot com slash D-E-V. I'll see you there. Welcome to the podcast. This is a fun topic I think you're going to find a lot of value in, but it's not one of those topics that you'll be able to quickly and easily absorb. So I want to highly encourage you to take notes, re-listen to this podcast, and also just give yourself plenty of time to practice and repeat this practice because it's going to become much more effective the more you do it. We've also created a fun freebie for you that I think you're going to find super helpful both when you start your first day of work and while you're still in your tech learning. You can go to youartechie.com slash answer question to snag that freebie. Today, we're talking about answering your own tech question. And I know that topic might sound a little mind-bendy for some of you, but I really want to save you a lot of frustration. So if you'll go on this journey with me, I promise it will take your tech quotient up a notch and really put you in that techie mindset. Here's why I say that. The number one mistake I see women new to tech making is when they go about their tech learning, they assume that there is some master expert out there with all the information. And if that expert would just hand them the sack of golden tech nuggets over to them, they'd be ready to start interviewing for a job. I know someone is further along when they understand that just producing code or wireframes will not be enough to get them hired. When they understand that understanding is the key to being ready for that tech interview, not just production. The production or the deliverables, that's just the physical manifestation of understanding. So without that underlying understanding, it really doesn't matter how big your portfolio is or how many great examples you have, you're not going to be in a great position to get hired. So if you assume there's some master expert out there with all the information and that once they hand it over to you, you're good to go, it manifests itself in poor question asking. So let me give you a few examples so you can understand. And I want to start off by saying, if you are someone who's asking poor questions, we are going to fix that today. So no judgment, no big deal. Most of us start off asking these types of questions. And here we're just going to 
take them up a notch, okay? So if you're asking these types of questions, we want to improve on the questions. One question is just to say, I'm stuck. Like, help me solve it. Another question, how do I start a wireframe? Or what should my first line of code be? Also, I have this error message. How do I fix it? The problem with these questions is that they're not so much questions as starting points. And what they lack is context. The more context you provide, the more educated your transfer of information will be. And then the better your answer, as well as your understanding, is going to be. Let me give you an example of what this looks like at your techie. Then we're going to go into how it looks for your work. So for my students, I require them to produce a wireframe based on a project they have selected, and then to get feedback on that wireframe. Now, here's the difference between that and if I have them reproduce what I've done on their own. They can reproduce what a mentor has done, but they're not going to see how to make that expert decision. They're just going to see that an expert has made that decision. And then they may think that that is the right decision in many different cases, which is rarely the case, okay? So if you watch someone else do it, and then you do it, that doesn't mean that given a different situation, you're going to be able to do the same thing again. Now, contrast that with they get feedback on their own self-selected project and their own wireframes. That is going to produce a whole different level of understanding because they have created the context for understanding. And now they're discussing their own creation in detail. It's a different level of knowledge and one that is required in tech, but rarely taught in school. So it's much easier, for example, a mentor to say, hey, do you see that screen number five that you've created? You don't have enough padding around it. And if we create more padding, we're going to create an ease of use for the user because we're going to be able to see things more clearly. And they can know that on screen five, oh, look, I've gone nearly all the way to the end and I, I can visualize it. I can see where if I produced another screen like that, I wouldn't want to make that same mistake. And so this is the collection of context that we want to create in tech. You create the context. You have your own situation of questions and hurdles that you come across and you're iterating on those and getting better and better with those situations, with those hurdles, and you know under which contexts to solve that problem. Okay, that is why asking a really great question is the key to your tech learning. And to do that, we have to, number one, have the context, and then number two, have researched context for why some answers didn't work that is ultimately going to lead to the answers that do work. And it's tricky in the beginning, though, because you're going to want to think, well, if you just hand me the answer, I'll get there a lot faster. But where you're trying to get to is understanding. And that, in fact, is not the fastest way to understanding. So this technique is super effective when it comes to learning. And I want to encourage you to use it in your learning. 
but we're going to discuss it in the context of your first week of work, because that's a lot more fun and interesting to talk about. But it's the same process, so why not practice it now so that when it comes time for your first week of work, you are already an all-star. Let's dive in. It's week one and you've hit your first hurdle or you've come across a question that you haven't been able to answer after trying for a while, let's say a few minutes, an hour or two. Before you run to your manager, I want you to try this strategy that's going to make you look like an all-star and super intelligent. Okay, the first step is what is the exact problem you're trying to solve right now. And I don't mean have this in your head. I mean, write it down. And this can be very tricky because often with technology, we have one problem stacked on top of another. So be sure to separate out one problem for another. Sometimes just separating it out makes it easier. You can solve one of the problems or or all of them if you just learn to separate them out. But Let's move on to the next hurdle. So if it's an error message in your programming, what is the exact error message? What were the specific steps you took to create that error message? Or if you're doing prototyping in a wireframing software, what was the specific screen you were on? And what was the specific challenge that you had? Get really, really nitty gritty with the details. Okay, now what we want to do is define the three steps that you have taken to solve this hurdle that did not work for you. So what are the three answers you tried to find to answer your question that didn't work for you? And if you're like, well, I haven't found three, well, that's the next step. You want to try three separate solutions. Again, sometimes we come up with our answer right there because we are so frequently attached to that first answer we come up with, just forcing our brain to look at other options is very effective. Now, in those three steps that we've taken, you want to provide the links and a description to the question that you were searching for. Let's say you were doing a Google search. How did you type that question? Could you type it a little bit differently That's often an example of a differentiator between someone who's new and someone who's intermediate. When we're talking about tech, we always want to check our dates and our versions and our compatibility with hardware and software. If we're coding, maybe our architecture, our file structure is off. Same could be for our wireframes. How about our naming conventions? Those are some basic check boxes that you can go through to say, okay, I've looked at all these things. The last thing you want to do is go to your manager and they're like, oh, that's out of version, right? You want to know that you've checked the dates, the versions, the compatibility, and the file structure and the naming conventions, that those are all accurate. Because if you're just misnaming something, you don't want them to find one small error that you could have solved because of a naming issue. So check those kind of standard things, dates, versions, compatibility, folder structure, naming conventions. Now, number three is a little bit tricky. And I want you to know that you're probably not going to be great at it when you first start off. But I want you to write down why do you believe you've hit a roadblock? Why? This is important because you're the person closest to the problem. You know the most about this problem because you're the one experiencing it. 
And you likely have a gut feeling of why this is the case. So if you have a Mac and you're getting some type of OS error, you can look at compatibility. And this is a great high level hurdle that can be quickly identified and help you from going down that rabbit hole of useless solutions, right? You want to find the ones that are most likely. And by practicing writing down why you believe you've had this, you like, you might think, man, I think I have, this feels like a syntax problem. It feels like I'm missing a semicolon, but I've looked over a hundred times, or it feels like a compatibility issue or a version control issue, or it feels like a setup issue in my prototyping software, but I'm not sure. But defining why, even when you're unsure, is going to help you the more you do this. This is a great example of where the first time you write down your why, it might not be amazing, but by the 10th time, you'll be like, oh my gosh, I can group my problems into different areas, making them so much easier to solve. And I know it feels kind of crazy in the beginning, but once you get these patterns down, it's going to make you a much more effective developer and designer. Okay, step number four. Step number four is have you stepped away from your work? And stepping away means not just going to grab a cup of coffee, but stepped away from the problem for an hour or more. I know not every question you can give it 24 hours, but ideally, if you've really hit a roadblock, it'd be great to give yourself a night's sleep to sleep on it and come back to it. I know that this is pretty trite logic, but it actually comes from learning theory and allows your brain to transition from focus mode to diffuse mode, the more creative part of your brain. And I learned about this in the free Coursera course by Barb Oakley um, called Learning How to Learn. It is an awesome course. Very cool. I highly recommend it. And it's an important thing for your brain to be able to access different parts to find the creative solution. And so we really want to let our brain go into diffuse mode. And that's why stepping away or taking a break ends up being a great solution for us and why so many programmers solve their algorithms and their errors in the shower. It's not because the shower is magical. It is because diffuse mode allows us creativity that is not possible when we're just kind of at our computer hammering away. I'm going to find this. I'm going to find this. That kind of forceful pressure on our focus mode only works insofar as we are in the right area to answer it. So that kind of goes back to that three solutions. If you're just trying that same solution every time, then you're not allowing your brain to focus on a more creative solution that might actually be the answer to your question. Okay, so step number four, step away. Step number five is awesome and really why you need to be doing this while you're learning, not just when you get into your first week of work. It's not something to put off. It's something to build now. And step number five is have you attempted solutions offered by your peers? The first part of this is that you need to be a peer offering solutions to challenges. So the first part is like, are you going on? to Reddit, to Facebook groups, to professional organizations, wherever, and offering solutions. And if you're thinking, no, 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 I'm not doing that because I'm new. I want to tell you that the sooner you do it or try or attempt, the better off you're going to be. But you can't just assume that people are going to be there to help you if you haven't been putting in 
time to their solution. So the first part of have you attempted solutions offered by your peers is to first go ahead and offer solutions to your peers. So that's an ongoing thing. And then also you want to get input from at least two other people before you go to your manager. You want to try their ideas. So you've tried your own three and then you've tried ideas by two other people. And that can ensure that you've thought of like any of that low hanging fruit that maybe someone else has come across and you just haven't come across yet. It's going to be really important. And I just want to note here, I think this is pretty apparent, but if you have these sources, so you have friends or a Facebook group or Reddit forums, professional organizations, meetups, Slack channels, or any other group of peers that you have been interacting with as you were learning and you walk into work that first day and you already have those groups in your back pocket, you know you can go to them to solve a lot of problems you are providing infinitely more value to your organization. So it's important that you build those relationships while you're learning and take them with you as you go to work. And sure, those groups can change as you level up and get better, or maybe you're new to the group and then you become the person answering the questions. That's always fun. Remember to give to people. This is very inherent in tech is that you want to be giving to people then if you do that, you will have people there to help you out when you get to that next level. I I know we want to look to our manager to answer our questions, but how much better is it when we answer our own questions? And so step number six, finally, is to ask that manager a question. And the great thing is, is that you're not going to walk up to your manager and be like, I'm stuck. I mean, that is never going to be your best self to just walk up and be like, I'm stuck. Instead, you can walk up and say, here's where I'm stuck. This is my exact problem. These are the three solutions. I tried a couple more solutions with my peers. Do you have any advice on where I can go from here? But that is the level of detail that you want to take to your manager so that you are coming off as an intelligent question asker. You want to come off as a person who has done the work. You're not putting your work off on them. You're trying to make it as easy as possible for your manager, for her to answer that question for you. And she may or may not know the answer. This is the important part about tech is what I said Starting off, you are the person who is closest to the problem. So her advice to you might be like, oh, you went to those two groups? Did you try this other group? How about asking there? Or if it's an internal system, maybe she knows the technical solution, but it's usually some type of combination of those. And the way for her to get to a straighter line answer for you is for you to go ahead and provide the context for your question. And then I want you to remember that why statement that we talked about. Why do you believe you've hit a roadblock? That was step number three. Document that why so that you can understand why this same situation might happen in the future and you can start to build patterns. And that's a very important part about it. So I highly recommend you have an error log a journal of your questions that you're keeping and documenting those things, even typing them out after the fact, so that you can really develop a system 
of answering your own questions. And remember what I said at the beginning, this takes practice. But if you do this every time you're coming across a question, it will become a habit. So those are the steps. And as I said, they're not easy to learn. So give yourself time and get into the habit. Remember that when you run into a question, it's going to feel like a hurdle. Your brain will immediately think, let me go ask my manager. Let me go ask my mentor. Let me go ask an expert in the field. She'll know the answer. That's okay. That's just your brain going into problem-solving mode. Allow that thought to come into your brain and go out of your brain. And then offer your brain this thought instead. Wait a minute. I need to go through my checklist first. That way, if I do need to ask my manager a question, I'll be confident I'm asking an intelligent question. And I'm creating an effective problem solution cycle because I'm generating the context needed for my manager to be a great resource for me, regardless of whether or not she knows the specific answer. If I solve it on my own without needing to ask the question, so much the better. That's why answering your own tech questions will make you an all-star at work. Thanks so much for joining me today. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to sign up for the UR Techie email list. Imagine being in the tech job of your dreams. Join me to get the strategies, training, and never-ending support to get hired. Sign up at URTechie.com. That's Y-O-U. A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y dot com. I'll see you next time.